Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. According to some figures, the United States has overtaken China as the country with the highest number of confirmed coronavirus cases. This on the same day initial jobless claims showed just how hard hotels, restaurants, and other service workers have been hit by the shutdowns to stop the spread of the disease. Despite the grim numbers, Wall Street extended a rally on Thursday, and the European Central Bank has given itself unprecedented flexibility to contain the financial fallout of the outbreak. Plus, new documents show WeWork has burnt through a significant amount of cash as it gets ready for a showdown with SoftBank. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Yesterday, we got the first picture of the damage the coronavirus shutdown has done to the U.S. economy. More than 3 million Americans had filed a claim for unemployment benefits last week. Yet Wall Street rallied for a third straight day on Thursday. The FT's U.S. markets editor, Jennifer Ablon, has more. A lot of people are wondering why the markets were rallying so strongly on such dire numbers. Well, I think two things. Economists were bracing for a historic surge. Economists and traders were bracing and expecting that. And secondly, and more importantly, investors were looking ahead to the $2 trillion stimulus package that had cleared the U.S. Senate. And the House indicated it could vote on the deal as early as Friday. Now, a lot of traders and investors are telling me that they still expect a volatile three to four month period this spring and into the summer. And as we know, the coronavirus is still spreading across the U.S. And so, Jen, then maybe this is a good time to remember that the stock market is not always indicative of what's going on in the economy itself. Right. We have to keep that in mind that economy is not the stock market and the stock market is not the economy. There's so many variables at play. But you could say that the markets have had a really powerful rebound because of the government stimulus that we've been seeing from the Fed and from Congress. So while the fiscal stimulus is still making its way into the economy, you are seeing a lot of signs of liquidity in the credit markets. And that's really stemming from the Fed's emergency programs that include the purchases of corporate bonds, mortgages, munis, unlimited amounts of treasuries. Those types of measures are keeping rates low and borrowing costs low as well. As the Fed boosts liquidity, the European Central Bank is tweaking the conditions of its own stimulus to contain the financial fallout from the pandemic. The ECB is removing almost all constraints on its planned purchase of 750 billion euros in additional bonds. Previously, the ECB had a self-imposed rule that it couldn't buy more than a third of any country's eligible bonds. That limit is now gone, at least as far as the pandemic response program is concerned. The ECB was also required to buy sovereign debt from Eurozone countries in proportion to the size of their economies and their contributions to the central bank's own capital. Now, the central bank says it will have extreme flexibility here. So if it wants to buy mostly Italian bonds for weeks or even months, it can. And the final loosening 
Earlier, the ECB could only buy sovereign bonds that hit a maturity between 1 and 30 years. Now, the minimum threshold is 70 days. The FT's Frankfurt bureau chief, Martin Arnold, explains why this is so significant. Yeah, it's really significant and had an immediate impact on markets. Basically, because of the restrictions on the ECB's bond buying in the past, the markets have always suspected that its firepower was limited. Now that the ECB has very clearly stated that it's either lifted or or very uh, significantly loosened these restrictions, it has much freer firepower to say if there are tensions in the bond markets and you start to see the yields on Italian and Spanish bonds, for instance, start to increase because of investors' concerns about the impact of coronavirus on their economies, then the ECB can come in very strongly with this 750 billion bazooka that it's given itself and buy uh, as much sovereign debt as is required to bring those yields back down and keep the financing costs of uh, Eurozone member countries uh, at, at a very low level to prevent those countries from coming under financial stress. And so, Martin, I'm curious, do you, do you think this new flexibility could draw any political backlash from wealthier countries? Yeah, I think this is a big worry. I think that there are already, and uh, we've seen this in, in Germany in particular, which has uh, in the past brought challenges against the ECB's bond buying program. The big complaint of monetary policy conservatives about the bond buying is that it blurs the line between monetary policy and fiscal policy, and you, it starts to look dangerously like uh, what's called monetary financing, which is illegal under EU law. So we can expect to see now the ECB has, for this specific 750 billion program, specifically designed for the coronavirus crisis, we can expect to see challenges over that probably in Germany. And already there are signs of this. There was an article in the German press written by Ottmar Issing, who's the former chief economist of the ECB, in which he said, you know, if this isn't monetary financing, then what is uh, with reference to this ECB program of bond purchases? So that's a warning shot already. and, And many people are predicting that there will be a more formal challenge in the weeks and months ahead. Meanwhile, one of the biggest corporate stories of 2019 is still moving fast. That's WeWork. New documents show that even before dealing with the effects of the coronavirus, the property group has burnt through significant cash. The FT's Eric Platt has more. Thursday, we reviewed a letter that WeWork had sent to its bondholders, updating them on fourth quarter performance. And what it showed was just a mammoth cash burn in the fourth quarter. And that kind of the capital it has at its disposal continues to diminish. So in the fourth quarter, their cash dropped by about $1.4 billion. Even though they'd stopped making new leases, they were still spending a ton of money building out the locations they had already leased. And at the same time, they had huge severance costs for the employees they were laying off. And so what happened was at the end of the third quarter in November, they told investors, you know, we've got $6.9 billion of capital. We can really 
weather anything to come. And now they're telling investors they've got about $4.4 billion of capital at the end of 2019. If you're listening and you're doing the math, you're saying 6.9 minus 4.4 doesn't equal 1.4. And you'd be right, um, because something else happened that made the situation even more dire at WeWork in that in the coming days, SoftBank was meant to purchase about $3 billion worth of shares from employees. And SoftBank has indicated now that it may back out of that transaction. While that was not going to pump new money into WeWork, there was another transaction tied to it, basically another billion dollars that WeWork was supposed to receive from SoftBank in the form of debt financing. And if the share purchases don't go forward, that extra billion dollars doesn't go into WeWork's coffers. And so it's just, you know, really painting this picture of there's not really another source of capital showing up for WeWork during this market turmoil. And if they've had even more or greater cash burn in the first quarter, this is a company that could really be in financial stress very soon. So then, Eric, what's going to happen with WeWork now? Their goal is to kind of completely stop the cash hemorrhaging. The problem is all the plans that they had laid out are now being hit by the coronavirus. If they were planning you know, that occupancy would start rising at its buildings because they weren't opening new buildings, no one's taking out <laughs> new space right now. In fact, if anything, the opposite is happening. And so it's just adding another pain point and another hurdle that WeWork management has to get over. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.